Come on, if you need a breakthrough, I've been here. Let me hear you make some noise. Habakkuk 2.4 says the just shall live by faith. But how does one do that? Live by faith. Let's find out today on another edition of Faith to Live By with Pastor Larry Millender and Pastor James Salter. Thank you for joining us today. This is Pastor Larry Millender. I'm here with Pastor James Salter, and you're listening to the radio program Faith to Live By. We appreciate you tuning in. We have some people who are listening every week. I have, I've got a number of people told me they're listening weekly. We've got some friends that, uh, new friends of ours that have moved down from up north told me they've been listening to this program. I had told them about it a month or so ago. They've been listening. Have another friend from Columbus, Georgia that comes to Carabell periodically uh, to their vacation home uh, condo and said they've been listening. So we've picked up some new listeners that don't even live here regular that are here occasionally and i think we're making a different touch in some lives had somebody told me last week said the program has really been speaking to my heart said it's really been a help to me things i've been facing been going through said uh you guys are doing a good job just keep on doing what you're doing well and and that's that's why we're doing it pastor larry this isn't about us i mean i know your heart and you know my heart and we know our heart We're, we're doing this to be a blessing, to help, and to inspire, and to encourage, and to motivate, and to, and to teach people that there there's another level of living in life. There's another realm, and there's not that you know. Kyle Paul said, "Not that I've already obtained either." I mean, we're we, we've made strides, and and God's been good to us. And but to honestly know that even for you and myself, that there's more ahead of us than behind us. That. That's encouraging. And next next week, I turn 51, so I'm feeling young and rejuvenated, and I've just made the determination that I'm not going to grow old. Regardless of what my age is, my mindset and my thinking is going to be bent toward youthfulness and long life and good stuff, and that's what we've been talking about. Uh, on the last broadcast, we talked about victim mindset versus a victor's mindset and just comes down to a choice. That's what it comes down to. You know, in the Old Testament, the Lord told the children of Israel in Deuteronomy, he said, I set before you this day life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. Now, I've always found that amazing that God would put something, a declaration like that out there before, and then tell them the answer. You know, open book open test. Book test. Yeah. He said, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. He said, therefore, choose life. Well, what does that mean to people today? We've talked in the last broadcast, last program about the victim mentality. It, it bothers me. I mean, it really bothers me to see so many people succumb to the mindset of, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to get through. I'm not going to last. I'm a fighter. I've always been a fighter. I mean, even in our young days as little kids, we were fighting all the time in Caribou. There was a bunch of us cousins. We've fighting. If you if you whip me one day, you got to whip me the next day. <laughs> you may have to whip me the second time on the same day. But we come up with a fighter mentality as kids and teenagers. Um, I, th- I think our, our outlook was somebody fight me, they're going to have to prove it again. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and we need that type of mindset. I'm not telling you to go out and fight. I'm just saying you need that 
fighter mentality inside of you um, that you're not going to quit and cave in at the least little resistance that comes along. And I've seen as a pastor, Pastor James, I've been in pastoral ministry now to some extent since 1979, I guess. I preached my first sermon in 1978. Four years. And from back of a flatbed truck in front of the IGA store in Carabell, we had a little men's quartet, and we would sing and preach and share. So that's where we I started was there. But uh, in pastoral ministry, I've been in some type of pastoral ministry for almost 40 years thereabout. And it hurts my heart to see people give up so easily uh, to throw in the towel, to to walk away, to to cast away their confidence. You're not going to win if you succumb to every little thing that comes along. And in our last broadcast, you made the statement. You said a lot of people just think, well, God's in charge. He's in control. He's going to take care of this. Well, that's not true biblically. That's not a sound doctrine. God is sovereign. I, I submit to that. God is sovereign, but he's not in control of everything. We're in control of so much in our lives. I remember a lady one time in a church I was preaching in over toward Jacksonville, probably 20, 25 years ago now. I shared a faith message, victorious type of message, sermon. At the end of the service, I said, if you're here today with a situation in your life, you need prayer. You need agreement. You know, the Bible says where two agrees touching anything, it'd be done. I said, I want you to come forward. People lined up from one side of that sanctuary to the other across the front. I was praying for people. I'd ask, what do you need? What do you need? I'll agree with you. And I came to a certain lady. Uh, I'd seen her before. I'd preached there before. And I came to her and I said, well, what do you need? What, what do you want me to pray with you about? And she started telling me. And I mean, it was it was a mess, Pastor James. Hearing her story, it was a mess of what she had been going through. And I said to her, I said, now I'm going to pray with you and agree with you. Then what are you going to do? And I can hear her today in my mind. She said, Book country lady, she said, I ain't doing nothing. I said, Excuse me. <laughs> she said it again, I ain't doing nothing. God's in control. I said, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I was about a third way through that prayer line praying for people. I said, Wait just a minute. You're telling me God is in control of this mess? Yes, I ain't doing nothing. I said, Well, all I can tell you. After you have expounded on all of this in this short length of time, your life is a royal mess. I said, God failed. Or God can't fail. I said, well, if he did this and he's in control, he had to fail. Because everything you've told me is bad. She got huffy. I said, the Lord's not in control of this mess. He's sovereign. He can work it out. But you are here today based on some decisions that you've made or the lack thereof, some choices that you've made or the lack thereof, and you have brought this situation to a head in your life. Now, God can work it out because he's sovereign. He's all-powerful. But telling me today that he's in control and did this, he didn't do this for his glory because he didn't get any glory out of this. Not today. Not the way you talk. And she got mad. But I think a lot of times people say, well, it is what it is. You know, it is what it is. But it doesn't have to remain that way because we can see a change in yeah, our that, life. That, that's the key. You, <clears throat> we may be in a moment. You know, I've said this for years here at Summit Life in, in Wakulla County in Crawfordville that 
we all have moments in life, but we've got to remind ourselves and, and encourage ourselves and remember that our, that our Heavenly Father wants us to have more life than moments. And I, I've said it, if, if, if you choose to throw in the towel and, or if you choose to cast away your confidence, guess what? You can choose to go pick that towel back up and you can choose to pick your confidence back up. And so, no, listen, nothing is final until we decide it's over. Because I'm telling you, our Heavenly Father, our, our Daddy, he is, a, he is a fighter. He, Matter of fact, he fought for us. Even when, when all hell broke loose on the earth, he already had a plan in place. Uh, through through Jesus, and so our daddy's a fighter, our daddy's a scrapper, and he is uh, through Jesus. Of course, it, it's been completed and it's been done, and now it's time for for us to um, step into what Jesus has provided and and walk it out here on earth until we see the kingdom of heaven completely cover the globe of the earth, and and that's. That's really what it's all about. But it, but it takes a firm decision to live in victory, even though when it looks like defeat. I remember, uh, maybe uh, maybe it was you, I, I heard tell the story or someone else, but a uh, little boy was uh, in church and kept standing up on the pew. And his mama kept telling him to sit down. I think he probably got a little scolded and he sat down and the little boy looked at his mama and said this, I want you to know, but I'm sitting down, but on the inside, I'm standing up. And, and so I think that's, that, that's, that's, a, that's a son of God or a daughter of God's mindset that we have to live our life. There may be stuff going on. There, it may be tough. It may be hard. It may look like I'm defeated, but on the inside, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm an overcomer. And I choose to set my affection and my mind on the victory that I have in Jesus and to live every day, wake up every day with that mindset and with that outlook that I'm more than a conqueror. I'm an overcomer. And this too is going to pass in my life. You know what Paul said there in Romans chapter eight, he said, and all these things were more than conquerors. And all these things, that's the things that are going on around us. Jesus said, these things have I spoken unto you that you, in, in me you might have peace in the world. You're going to have tests and trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer for I've overcome the world. We are more than conquerors. We are victorious people. Now, it may not look victorious. It may not feel victorious. People may not be telling you it's victorious, but the determination in your heart as you said earlier, what do you see? You have to see yourself winning in the battles of life. Yeah, um, we cave in too easily these days. We society does. It is puzzling at times to watch people, and you know in your heart the things they've been going through, they've been facing. See, as a pastor, especially, your heart hurts for people. Your heart grieves from people because you love them. You've poured yourself into them. You've, you've ministered to them. You've been with them through thick and thin. And it puzzles me at times to watch people when they've gone through so much and then they quit. They could have been one day from the greatest victory that they've ever experienced in their life. It could have been that day, a few hours. Don't quit on the brink of a miracle. Yeah. Don't throw in the towel at the threshold of your breakthrough. 
we have to keep on keeping on. And I, I think that's where people tend to miss it, is that if they don't see something instantly, immediately, uh, they think it's not coming. But good things take time. And we have to continue walking it out. Uh, I, I think people miss it and in, in understand that we have to walk this thing out. I look over my life, 45 years of living for God, 42 years now, 43 years, I guess, preaching the gospel since 1978 to some extent. Been around the world, been many, most of America, preaching, teaching, missions work. And there are people everywhere in the world that I've been that go through the same stuff. Yeah, They go through the same thing. They face the same battles. Uh, even in the poorest places in the world, what we call third world countries, those people are facing conflict and battles, some worse than we are today. But I admonish people, don't quit. Don't give up. Hold fast to your hope. Keep your faith. Look to Jesus. Stay in the word. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Use the name of Jesus. I mean, there's so much there that we can do that will enhance our spiritual walk with God that enables us to live in victory. I mean, the, the, the spiritual arsenal, the spiritual weapons that we have in our arsenal, Pastor Larry, where the kingdom of God is concerned, not only are they powerful, but they're, like you just named, a bunch of, I would call them spiritual weapons or arsenal that, that we have access to. Um, you know, I was just thinking when you were talking, I was thinking about just Paul and uh, his letters to Timothy, First and Second Timothy, and I've always, I've always valued and really loved the letters and the communication that Paul wrote to Timothy, uh, especially because I, I started ministry when when I was twenty two, started pastoring uh, right before I turned twenty three, and so I was I was a youth, I was young, and of course when you're that young and sold out to Jesus and know there's a call on your life. There's, there's also that sobering aspect of, you know, that you don't know that much, but, but you're growing and, and you're passionate about the things of God and, and fulfilling your calling. And and so there, there, there were moments of insecurity, moments of questions of like, what the heck am I doing? Where am I going? God, what are you, what are you up to? And, and so I've always taken a lot of comfort and solace from the communications that Paul wrote to Timothy. And I was just thinking a moment ago, Pastor Larry, that, you know, Paul told Timothy to, to study to show yourself approved. Paul told Timothy, don't allow anyone to despise your, your youth. And so you, you see Paul, a man of, of, of wisdom, a, a man of experience. A, a, a man of of authority speaking to young Timothy, kind of telling him some of the things you may face, and here's the antidote to to conquer those things. And I know it's I know it's not in there, but it, it's almost like Paul was saying, Timothy, there's there's not a participation trophy just for being born. There is a crown of life, um, and you got to lay hold. <clears throat> of that and, and not let go. And I think one of the one of the things in, in, in our society and time now, Pastor Larry, is like growing up I, like you, I was an athlete in high school, played two years of collegiate ball. My dad was a high school football coach. Uh, he was a great 
high school and uh, collegiate player himself. And so growing up, there wasn't this thing about just join the team and you're going to be celebrated for participating. No, it was about fighting and about hustling and about discipline and about practice and 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 is about going for the gold and 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 Paul even used the Greek games several times to explain the the faith life and to to explain the victory of the believer it's it's going after the prize and we know the prize is Jesus but it takes discipline it takes self-control it takes every day making a decision and discipline yourself that I'm I'm going for Jesus. Today is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in him, not just because it's good, but in whatever I've got to face, I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to set my mind on things above. And so we, we have to, as believers, go for the kingdom, go for Jesus, go for the prize of the high calling that's in him. Man, just just because you, you show up doesn't always guarantee victory. Sometimes you you got to grab the bat and swing, or you got to catch the the fly ball, or you got to throw somebody out. Using baseball's analogy, meaning there there's something we got to do on our part. Many times, sometimes it could be just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Sometimes it could be pursue, overtake, and recover all. And that's why being intimate with Jesus and being intimate and having a relationship with the Holy Spirit is so important. Is because He knows what's needed in that moment to transition you from a victim to a victor. And so I'm telling you, if if the kingdom's on the inside of us, and we know that it is, and if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is dwelling in us, which we know that he is, then we have to position ourselves and posture ourselves to say, all right, Jesus, what do I need to do? What am I supposed to do? What do you want me to do with whatever this moment is in life? And then when you hear what he says to do, we got to do like what Jesus' mom said, whatever he says to do, just do it. That's being proactive. That's living a life of faith. That'll transition you from being a victim to a victor, being more than a conqueror, but an overcomer. And I'm telling you, I've learned this for sure. When you get or gain victory or experience victory in one area of your life, guess what? There's going to be a lot of other opportunities to experience victory. Yeah, I remember hearing Jerry Savelle years ago talk about going through battles in his life. He said, about the time you get a breakthrough in one area, wham, it hits you from another area. So uh, you have to keep fighting. It's continuous. Yeah. I want I want to read. We've, I've been referring back to setting your mind. I want to read um, Pastor Larry Philippians chapter 4 and uh, verse 6, 7, and 8. And uh, actually, we'll read verse 9 because we just talked about um, Paul and Timothy encouraging on Timothy. But it says in verse 6, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So, so there, there's actually an, an aspect of our father, Pastor Larry, that he already knows that we have needs. He already knows that we're not all sufficient in ourselves. That meaning that we can't meet every need of our own. Of our own. But yet there's still a posturing that he says for the people of God, and, and it's this make your request known to God. And so Again, I think 
man, when I look at the scriptures, I, I, everything in there that we're called to do and that we're to discipline ourselves in, it all of them cause us to, to put our attention and our focus on Jesus. And so I see the heart of a father really is he, he's, he's wanting us to trust him and to have our confidence in him. And it's, it's, it's kind of cool because he knows he cannot fail and he doesn't, therefore he doesn't want us to fail. And the only way that we can't fail is to take hold of his victory for us. And so our posture is still, we've got to make our request known. I like this though. He goes on and says this, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding shall keep or garrison your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. And he said in verse eight, finally, one translation says this to sum it up. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely. And this is what I like. Whatsoever things are of a good report. If there's any power or virtue or praise in those, think on these things. It's very interesting that the word think that's used in the Greek, it actually simply means this, to come to the conclusion that this is what you need to do. So come to the conclusion that you need to think on what's true. You need to set your mind on what's honest. You need to focus on what's just. You need to be settled in what's pure what's lovely and whatsoever things are of a good report set your mind on those things that's the conclusion that will get a person out of being defeated and a victim mindset over into a realm of conquering every aspect and issue of life but we have to take the initiative to choose to set our mind and to set our affection on those things Man, I'm thinking of some various scriptures in the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, when, when you're sharing all that, you remember those accounts a number of times where Jesus asked people, will thou be made whole? Mm-hmm. Uh, he could have just said, I'm making you whole. But he asked them. Uh, he really, I guess he put them on the spot. He brought the decision to them of, okay, what do you want? What do you want? If you want something mm. with enough intensity, yeah. if it's bad, if you want it bad enough, as we used to say, you will do whatever it takes. I remember hearing John Osteen, Joel's dad, years ago. He said, what happens with a lot of people in their life not receiving the things that they desire? He said, their want to is not big enough. He said, you have to get to a place in your life that your want to is big enough. It, you got a desire that you want to have fulfilled. I think of the woman with the issue of blood said she had been sick for 12 years with an issue of blood. She had been to many doctors. Mm -hmm. She had spent all she had. Instead of getting better, she actually got worse. Now, I have been there with some ailments. Instead of getting better, it got worse. But the Bible says, and when she heard about Jesus, she said in her heart, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. So there was a determination in her heart. Pastor James, and determination is a big thing. I mean, you have to have a determination. Something Elaine's mom said years ago, I've always been the type of person that if I set my mind to do something, I'm going to do it. Now, whether it's right or wrong, I'm going to do it. 
And she said one time, she said, Larry's the type of person that if he decides to do something, he's going to do it. We're talking about building, mm-hmm. building a house or building pool or whatever. She said, he's got to drive. He's got a determination in him that if he determines and sets his mind to do it, it's going to get done. So when Jesus asked the question, will you be made whole? I think he was putting the responsibility back on the person for them to make a decision, a quality decision that they were going to receive. And, and number one, to get their faith in order, to get their desire in order and let God bring to pass what they desire in their life. You know, I, I learned this a long time ago that that the Lord doesn't ask questions because he doesn't know the answer. He asks questions because he knows the answer and he knows that we don't know and he's trying to lead us to the answer. Um, I remember uh, a few weeks before uh, my Jesus encounter um, in August of 1989 that there was a series of things that took place and and one night I was coming home from a party and man, I was, I mean, I was like Emma McDuffie tore up from the floor up and um, I remember in my truck driving home, I, I heard, the, the first time I heard, I didn't know exactly what it was, thought I was tripping. But I heard a voice say, James, what are you doing? And it was so audible, Pastor Larry, and it was so authentic that I remember turning the radio. Remember, I messed up. I turned the radio down. I I looked in the floorboard of my truck or in, in the back seat, make sure someone hadn't gotten in there messing with me, driving home. And a second time, that voice came to me and said, James, what are you doing? And it wasn't mean or angry. It was like a, a very authentic caring. And I'm looking around and the third time, the voice came to me and said, James, what are you doing? And I instantly recognized that it was the Lord. And my response was, and I broke down weeping, man. Jesus, I don't know what I'm doing. He knew I didn't know. He was trying to bring me to that conclusion. And and so you made that illusion in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John of Jesus at different times asking questions. He knew, Jesus knew what he wanted to do. He was just trying to lead the people to to a place in their belief and their faith and in their thinking that they that they wanted what Jesus wanted for them, which was to be healed, which was to be whole, which was to be brought out of darkness into light, from death into life, and to, to have an, a radical, life-changing, future-altering encounter with Jesus. And so, you know, my, my question to today to our listeners is, is, what do you need from Jesus? What what needs to shift in your life? What needs to change? Jesus already knows. He, he just needs us to get to the place that we can, can and will come into alignment with what he wants for us. Because I'm telling you, he wants us to be victorious, Pastor Larry. There's, you can try to argue and debate that, but but it's too late. That's already been settled in my life that he wants us victorious. I, I know that beyond the shadow of a doubt. He wants us to live a long life. He wants us to be healthy. He wants us to be whole. He wants us to encounter him and to experience the fullness of his presence every day and to be light and salt in the earth. And again, it just comes down to this simple thing of choosing, making a quality decision that I'm not giving up. 
I'm not going to quit. I'm going to continue to pursue him and his will for my life. You know, as we come to the end of this broadcast today, th- these have been good recordings, the, this one and the previous one. But I want to admonish those who are listening today. You may be at a place where you think, well, I'm at the end of my rope. Tie knot. Tie knot and hang on. Yeah. You know, hope is the confident expectation for something good. We need to live with an eternal hope in our heart. Hope serves like an anchor, Pastor James, to hold us steady in the difficult times of our life that we have the hope that God's going to turn things around. So close us out, if you will. Yeah, I just, you know, there's all kinds of little cliches that can be said, but but at the end of the day, really what it just simply means is anchoring Jesus And when storms come to try to uproot your anchor, don't allow them. Remain steadfast, unmovable, abounding in the love and the grace and the power of Jesus. You've been listening to Faith to Live By with Larry Mellinder and James Salter. Larry is the senior pastor of Church 360 in Tallahassee, and you're invited to join them for Sunday services at 9 a.m. and Wednesday services at 6.30 p.m and find them online at church360.life. James is the senior pastor of Summit Life Church in Crawfordville, with Sunday morning prayer at 8 a.m. and worship at 10.30 a.m., and Wednesday Life Group is at 7 p.m. Find them online at summitlifechurch.net. To hear past programs, look up Faith to Live By in your podcast app. And join us every Thursday at 11.30 for Faith to Live By here on Wave 94.